Hi everyone and welcome to this interview. I'm your host, Sonny Gigi, and it's my pleasure to introduce our special guest. Today we have Moshe. He was born in Russia and moved to the US when he was four, where he mainly grew up around Italians. One day he gets a really bad sunburn, forcing him to stay home, where he discovers Rabbi Reuben through a YouTube ad that catches his attention. Then his journey leads him to finding Hashem and his wife. We're very excited to have him here with us today to share his journey and experience. So without further ado, let's get into it. Moshe, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What was it like for you growing up, uh, your family, life in general? You know, kind of like what's your what's your story at the at this point sure. in your life? So uh, I moved to this country from Russia when I was four. Uh, you know, we were sponsored by Jews to come here, uh, at that time it was like in 89. Uh, and, uh, I went to yeshiva till about third grade. And, uh, like most people from my country who, uh, were coming here or immigrating Jews specifically, uh, you know, we grew up very secular, non-religious, you know, third grade, you know, from kindergarten to third, we were just doing what the sponsors told us. And then once everything got settled, then, uh, you know, we kind of moved out and went to public school. And then pretty much that's been my whole life. till you know, uh, you know, from that point on, I, uh, you know, I grew up actually in, you know, in, in, you know, I was part of my, up until bar mitzvah, I was raised in like one part of New York and Brooklyn. I had a lot of Jewish friends, Russian Jews, Jewish friends, even American Jews who were not religious went to public school with me. Uh, and then when I became bar mitzvah, I moved to a very uh, non-religious, non-Jewish town in Staten Island. And I grew up with all Italians at that point. I had one best friend who was Jewish. And then the rest I grew up with, they were all like my close-knit friends that I grew up with. And that was my life pretty much till I did tshuva, and, um, which was a couple of years ago. So, you know, I'm 38 now, um, and that's that. And, you know, my, my family, you know, Bazaar Hashem, one day they'll catch up to where I am, you know, and do tshuva, uh, but I think I'm the first and only one in my family that has done it so far. I don't know what merit I have, wow. but, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that, you know, so, um, yeah, yeah. You know, growing up also, uh, you know, growing up with Italian people and, um, you know, one thing I never understood was, you know, they, they always made these Jewish jokes in me, you know, always these Jewish jokes. And I never understood it. You know, I was like, like I'm not rich. Like, they keep making fun of me. Like, you know, like we got all the money and I'm like, I wasn't like rich, you know, we were like middle class, you know, <laughs> you know, and it never hit me until, you know, like when I started doing Chuba, then you start making sense of things like you start seeing Hashem's hand and everything like you're not meant to be here you're not meant to be here you know but that's you know that was you know something else but that was like that was like it's growing up for me um you know I I Hashem was just never in our life like that you know I always heard bro Hashem bro Hashem but I always I guess saw Hashem is just uh there to answer prayers you know, that's it. Like, uh, you know, like, okay, so I just, you know, ask anything I want, you know, if I need anything, you know, but that was the depth of my love. Even after yeshiva, you know, that was, you know, it's a third grade, you know, what do you know? Okay. So you came here from Russia when you were three, right? 
And then no, no. When I came right? here, when I was four, I went to yeshiva till third grade. So how did you get into yeshiva if your parents? So so your Jews, Jews from, from Russia at the time, uh, they were getting sponsored. So that was one of the only ways to move to America. So we had to go through channels. Mm-hmm. So we went to Italy, and then from Italy, while we're waiting for everything, we then we got set up by you know wealthy families. They started you know paying, and then as long as we were going, you know, our parents were sending us to yeshiva when we got here. You know, they set us up, uh, and that was it. And then until you know third grade, I think uh, you know when our my our families finally got like uh, you know citizenship and whatnot. Then you know. I was actually at the time I was very happy to leave the yeshiva. I couldn't I couldn't stand it, <laughs> but it was oh it was it was oh, it's very mixed. It was it was also boys and girls yeshiva, you know. But oh, you know I guess it was third grade, so I don't know. I mean I don't remember uh, you know what age limit it was, but uh, I couldn't I couldn't take it. I didn't understand. Every time I, I like I didn't come with a yamaka, like I got kicked out of class. So I was like, so I just purposely stopped coming with a yamaka, like you know, I was like, all right, I don't get to hang in class. I just you know, hang out in the hall. But yeah, that's all right. At what point did you come across the organization or or the rabbi? Uh, so that was uh, in 2020, uh, late like 2020, like like in the summer of like when Corona like hit pretty much. It was a 2020, a couple of years ago. I um. I actually everything was going great. I can't I can't say anything was bad. I just uh one day I uh got really bad sunburn and like really bad and uh I couldn't move so I stayed home and you know at the time the political tension and the corona and all this stuff was very uh very you know loud. And it sunk into me. So I started um, talking to Hashem, you know, praying for like the country, the world and whatever. Now, the one thing I forgot to mention, I grew up with Italians, but one of my close friends who is not Jewish, his parents were born again Christians. And they tried to convert me since I was 13 years old. Like it. Now, they were amazing people, but for some reason, like since I met them, welcoming open doors that are great people but somehow they always wanted to put their person into my into my life like every time i went into the house it was always brought yeah. to the table like oh you know and i guess that maybe Hashem, like that always resonated with me like okay is this is true is this true like always to question like like what's the truth you know but never yeah. pursued it up until a couple of years ago when you know, I trapped and I started getting worried. Like, you know, you got talk of communism. And then I started, um, I started researching. I said, I need to know the truth. And uh, I guess I couldn't move the house because uh, literally my whole body was covered in sunburn. And, uh, and I just started looking. And the one thing that uh, they kept bringing up to me, I think recently was like Isaiah 53. And I was like, what is this? And I started, I looked, that's the, that's the that's popular, popular one. one. And I was like, okay, I got to see what this is about. And I read it and I was like, well, it does kind of sound like it. <laughs> but I said, okay, yeah. now I need to know like, what's the, like, what's good. Like, I need to know what this is about. So I came across another yeah. Rav and he was my stepping stone to really, uh, you know, find it. And he disproved 
Christianity for me in one second. Now, once you disprove it, now you need to know, okay, so if that's wrong, then what about mine? So then that's when I started digging. Mm-hmm. And I, I I started learning more about Judaism through one person I will not mention. He's a heretic. And something he said, I don't know, I guess my neshama didn't like something he said. Like something that just didn't sit with me, but I brushed it off because whatever, his stuff was like interesting. But he said something about, which it was, it was, um, you know, there's no punishment. And I was like, something Mm. for a brief moment said, I think that's false. But I brushed it off and then I kept watching. And then all of a sudden I see an advertisement, a rabbi your own, Hashem took back his millions. I was like, what is this? And I was like, I was just about to say skip. Because I see it's like an hour, like an hour. Like I was like, I'm going to watch this. (laughs) Like I'm doing it. And then something just said, you know what, just watch it. And I left it, and then... To buy off, the bottom line is, is that uh, these two companies have a huge opportunity. There are only two companies in an entire sector. My story doesn't start with religion. My story doesn't start with the truth. My story starts with Alma de Shikra, the world of lies. God gave, God took, may his name be blessed. That's it, I got hooked. That was the first movie I watched and I, I was like, I, I got like, I was like, what? Who is this person? I looked him up and all of a sudden I see all these movies and I was like, what? Look at him. He's got like everything I want to know. <laughs> like everything I want to know. He's yeah, settled that. And uh, then uh, the one movie that really pushed me over the edge was the Perkeavot uh, Gehenna. That one made me do like Chuva beyond limit like i started crying and that started making me do chuva and then all of a sudden i got hooked on everything and every time i watched one lecture enough that i just started crying and crying and just feeling so ashamed of my life and i remember like it was yesterday sometimes i still miss those days like i miss those tears because you know you just use it all like you just i don't know like you can't i can't explain it but um I bet your own was the key to everything. Like the Dojba who is, you know, David, David says that, uh, you know, he saved me from the pit of destruction. Like he saved me and he sent him to like literally pull me out where I was. And, uh, Hashem, I, uh, I own everything, everything, my devotion. Like I owe a Kadoshba who everything, I owe his vessel everything to. So a little bit of sunburn got you basically. Yeah. And it's funny because that that day that I got sunburned, I got into an accident right before going to the beach. Like a Kadosh Bohu was like saying, you're not going, you know? Uh, I was very into like fitness. So I was all about like, you know, beach bod. And uh, yeah, yeah. Hashem really put me in my place. He's like, okay, you want? And I put sunblock. I put sun, I put sunblock. Like I put like, I think it was like 50 sunblock. And I couldn't believe like my whole body was, none of my friends were burned. Just me. I was stuck in home for like two weeks. 
Wow. And uh, once I um, pressed play on him, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. My I was just that. That's all I could do is like keep learning. I just wanted the truth, and it just kept coming, you know. And um, yeah, he, uh, you know, he totally flipped my my whole life upside down. You got a little bit of uh, sunburn. You got a little small, tiny, tiny feeling of what uh, you know games feels like. And <laughs> Pretty then, much. <laughs> uh, basically, that's that's the movie that uh, that inspired you to kind of make make the big change and take things a little more yeah. seriously. Yeah. Uh, that was okay. the one. That was the one. And and you you heard more of like these uh, other kind of rabbis, or that was the only one that you kind of stuck to listen no. to before you found her. I found Rabbi Ruben. He brought up uh, you know Rabbi Mizrahi, and uh, when I I lived in Canada at one point in my twenties, and there was a lot of Israelis there who were like religious. At that point, they I was they got me hooked a little bit, and I started like uh, being kosher like. You know, like uh, all right, like uh, I'll 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 pretend to you know, like I'm I'm, I'm I won't eat pork. You know, I'll uh, I'll keep the high holidays, and I started looking into Judaism then, and uh, I found Rabbi Mizrahi, but I was more listening to only his like uh, mystical lectures. That was the stuff that fascinated me. Yeah, yeah, those are. And uh, I think yeah, it was, it was um, and I got hooked. So I said, you know what? Let me get a let me get a humash. Let me find out what my history is about. And I started reading it at that time in my 20s. And I even got like a pair of free to fill in, which turned out not to be kosher because I kept them up until I did chuba. And I, I had them checked and they were so not kosher. Um, and I started putting on to fill in, but never keeping Shabbat. And, um, but I got the humash and I started reading. And I started reading and reading and reading. And there was at one point, on my own that I, I got to the part about Onan, Onan and his brother dying from wasting seed. And I was like, I read the comment because I was reading the thing and I was reading the commentary from the stone edition. I was like, what? Hashem hates this. <laughs> I started crying. I was like, yeah. you know, I didn't know. Like I was, so I said, you know what? There, huh? there. It's scary. I was like, I can't believe Hashem. I was like, you know what? For Hashem, I'm going to guard my Brit. I didn't know that this was law. Yeah. I just said, okay, so, but I didn't know the full details, like guard your eyes, this, this. Well, I just said, I'm just not going right. to be with women. I'm not going to do this. I'm just going to do it for Hashem because God, has shalom, I, I passed away. At least I'd have something to show for it. Right. Believe it or not, it lasted like eight months. You know? But, uh, you know, I, at some point, it got to the point because, you know, you're not learning. You're just kind of like, you don't have any guidance. So at that point, you just, you forget that it was about Hashem and you start saying, oh, look at this accomplishment that I did, you know, and whatever you fall because you don't, you know, you, like I said, I didn't have a rabbi. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know, like, guard your eyes, this, this. I just, just said, you know, it was like kind of more for myself at that yeah. point. So that was in my 20s. And uh, so Rabbi Mizrahi, then I forgot about him. And then that's it. And until I got the, reminded by Rabbi Rom. Rabbi Tovia Singer is the one who disproved the whole uh, Isaiah 53 to me. Once he disproved that, then I just needed to know, okay, I need to know about Judaism. And that's what led me to Rabbi Rom. And that was, at that point, it was, 
I couldn't stop. I lecture after lecture, just eating it, eating it up, eating it up. So did you ever get any uh, like personal help? Did you ever get in contact with him? Yeah. At the moment I, you know, I listened to like, maybe like, maybe, you know, like, maybe like a week after I started blasting all his lectures and the more I started crying, I didn't know what to do. So I was like, how am I going to reach out to this guy? So I found him on Facebook. I sent him this giant message. And then I see a lecture that he gives a WhatsApp number. I was like, oh, this is where I got to send him the message. And I sent him this long thing. And I'm like, I, like, I just was so excited to reach out. I needed to know what to do. What's next? How should I do? What, like, what to do? So he sent me like this questionnaire. Then he started, then he, you know, responded like, you have penicillin. I was like, I do, but I don't think they're kosher. He's like, send me a picture. I sent him a picture and, uh, He's like, they're not kosher. I was like, okay, so what do I do? Where do I get? He's like, well, he's like, which one do you want? I was like, give me the best one you got. I was like, just give me everything. I want to do everything. Just send me everything. So I, I bought, I think I bought the whole packet. I bought it to fill in mezuzahs. I said, give me everything. And he wow. sent me like this VIP box, books and this and that. And I just started keeping Shabbat right away, kosher right away. Like I didn't care. Like I just knew like, that's it. This is it. This is it. And then a month and a half goes by and I'm watching his lectures and I'm asking questions and then something's not sitting right. And I'm watching his lecture and all of a sudden I hear him say, what are you, 35, 36 and you're not married? What are you waiting for? And I'm like, that's it. I think I have to get married. <laughs> so I heard him say like, I heard him say that he's, um, you know, he doesn't like matchmaking because it's problems. So I reached out to him. I said, you know, uh, I know you're not big on some matchmaking, but you know, I think I need to get married. I don't know how this works, but you know, if you know, he's like, he's like, ah, he's like, you know, you have been talking to for a bit, you know, I can see you're consistent, you know, and, uh, I, I gave, uh, you know, not, I'm not bragging, but like I, I did a hash bone. I said for 35, 36 years, I didn't give a penny, not a penny. I didn't know my Eric got this, not a penny to a Jewish organization, maybe like the soldiers. And when I did Chuva and I, I, I realized what I did, I gave whatever I could. I mean, like I gave um, like pretty much everything that, I don't know, not like every penny, but a big chunk that I just said, what? Like, and I think that's why Hashem rewarded me. And I'll tell you how Rabbi Yaron said, make a resume. So I was like, all right, what, what's a resume? I was like, send me a sample. So I said, he sent me a sample and I did one and I'm not, you know, and he's like, I think I got somebody for you. But when I sent him the resume, I said to myself, I said to him, I said, look, whether well, I did this resume, but I don't know grammar. I'm not very good at writing. I could tell that this thing has a bunch of errors, but, you know, I'm sending it. And a Kadosh Baruch Hu is going to make this girl either blind and just not, or just not care. <laughs> so he, he. He sends me a resume of somebody, you know, I think is good. And one thing led to another, one date, two date, three dates, and boom, we got, we met. Our first date was in September. And then we got married in February, the following February. The funny thing is, is that uh, my wife, she's like grammar police. I kid you not, like grammar police. So when we spoke about this and I said, you know, with all your grammar credit, you didn't remember my resume? She's like, no, what do you mean? Like, I looked it over and I said, this is good. So I said, pull it up. 
and she couldn't believe the errors. She's like, I can't believe I didn't see this. I could, I'll tell you, this is crazy. And uh, she told me that she basically, Rabbi Yaron's known her for four years, since childhood, actually, because they grew up in the same neighborhood. He was asking for her resume for four years. Four years. The month that she sent her resume is the month that I did chuva, which was in August, like full chuva was like in August. And that was when she sent her resume. And uh, Rabbi, and now we have two kids. You know, I call, I, I say like Hashem put me on the accelerated program. Like, but you know, it was like, I gave up everything. Friends, yeah, you, like I, I was, um, I was very, you took the sacrifice. I took, the sac- I took full leap ahead. I gave up friends. I gave up family. I gave, not like I gave them up, like family. My parents are always still around, but I, I was, um, mm-hmm. I was very big in Netflix. Like I loved watching TV. I couldn't fall asleep without it. I couldn't fall. I couldn't do it. Like I came home, I had to turn it on. I came. It was either gym, work, and then TV. If I didn't go out to clubs or whatever, and I gave it all up. No more. T- I don't think I remember the last time I watched a movie. But uh, yeah, he put me on the accelerator program along with Rabbi Ron and Boko uh, Shem. Um, you know, I'm very happy with my life now. Uh, my wife, Hashem gave me so much. I just blown away, blown away. Like I, I, I was at the point where I was like, am I ever going to get married? Maybe I'm not to be, maybe I'm not meant to be married. Maybe I'm not meant to have kids. You know, I, I, I was not very fulfilled. I was not very happy. Like, uh, you know, I felt like I was always a quitter. I quit everything. Like, you know, never really pulled through, but like right around the time I did sugar, everything was going great. I was about to open up a business, you know, and this and that, and, you know, I was living, I was happy. I was, or at least I thought I was happy. I didn't know what a blessing was until I did chuva. Like, I did not think this was possible. I did not think I could give any of this up cold turkey. My, my life, my yeah. life growing up was family, friends, those who I was loyal to. That's it. The kids that I grew up with, I didn't really have a big circle of friends, but I had my close circle of friends and my family. And that's it. That's all I cared about. And to give them all them up because you can't bring those stuff with you. You know, you just can't do it. You can't right. do it on this journey. So me giving that up, I think Hashem said, you deserve the accelerator program. And you know, just had our second kid, Ruch Hashem. Um, you know, and exactly. thank you to that. So that's that, yeah. So yeah, I got a big help from Rabbi. <laughs> a lot of big help, <laughs> you know. It's incredible. So this happened relatively fast. Yeah. So that's pretty. That's yeah. Like you said, that's pretty express. Yeah, in less than three years, they pretty much built the whole family. <laughs> I mean, Hashem helped me build the whole family. So. um and Rabbi Yaron's still a big part of my life, a big part of guiding me with Hashkafa everywhere I go. Like everything he tells me to do, like I, every time I need advice, work. Can I ask for a raise? Should I ask for it? Yep, ask for a raise. Boom, done. Okay, got it. You know, it's like you ask for it, you know, and I, you know, and I try not to like, you know, you know, there's certain things that he, you know, you should be responsible for yourself. He always teaches, like, if it's something like, small like on a loss or like go you know you could find that yourself and you try to and if you can't then you jump in but him with life decisions it's all about like should i get a babysitter should i not should i do this should i not you know like you know and everything's been a blessing you know everything everything he says has just blessed my life 
So there's still a lot of uh, there's still a lot of Jews out there. I thought they all moved down here to Florida. Actually, one uh, one person I met here, uh, who Rabbi Yaron's also he's also a uh, Rabbi Yaron student. And he's Talmud. I actually I was davening at one of the shul, and I see uh, in his davening. I think we were at Arvit, and I see Rabbi Yaron's bookmark in his book, and I'm like, oh. How do you know? He's like, have I wrong? He's like, yeah. And I had, um, he's like, wait, are you the guy with the, I had the poster on my car, like the, on the windshield. And he's like, are you the guy? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so we started talking and now I, I told him, you know, we went up, uh, uh, Jeremy, he's a good kid. He's in yeshiva now, bro. Hashem. Jeremy, the, that's a part of the the team. Yeah, I think so. I think he does something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Small world. Small world. Yeah. 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 So, wow. yeah, and then I, I told Rabbi Ron, he's like, yeah, yeah, he's a good kid. And like, you know, so we were Havrutas for a little bit. And then uh, and oh, nice. I went to Yeshiva. And uh, I actually went to Yeshiva too for a month after I did Shuva, which I forgot to mention. And I asked Rabbi Ron if I should because he actually sent me to Rabbi Mizrahi's lecture. And he said, talk to me. Rabbi Rubenstein to Rabbi Mizrahi. Yeah, to one of his lectures. Like, there's a lot of good people there. And I went there and I said, mm-hmm. Rabbi Mizrahi, he's like, you ever thought about going to Yeshiva? Like me, I'm 36. Like, yeah, like a month or two, you know, just to brush up. And I went, he gave me the Yeshiva in Muncie. Amazing place. Uh, Which place is it? Taurus David. It's in Muncie. It's a big Balchuvak Yeshiva. Like not just, you know, Balchuvak, but like uh, everything, everybody's there, you know, like it was a great place. It was amazing, amazing place. The guy in charge there, uh, Simon, um, very close friends with Rabbi uh, Mizrahi, so it's a good place. The one thing, I'm sorry, one more thing. The one thing, you know, I, the moment I knew that Rabbi Yaron was my rabbi, when I was in yeshiva, I fell in love. Like, I, I, I loved it, like, you know, but I already met my future wife, you know, and I was like, I don't know what I should do. Like, I, you know, like, you know, now they're telling me to, you know, I was kind of battling with, like, this thing inside. I was like, because they're telling me, like, I should stay, grow, you know, at the yeshiva. But I was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean? I have this girl. I have my job, you know, this and that. And she's got a career here too. But you know, not like I knew I was going to marry her, but, you know, things are going well. And, you know, we were talking every day in Yeshiva. I think it was in um, October I went for a month. So we already knew each other through September and October and we were talking. And I was battling and Rabbi Yaron just reaches out to me out of the blue. And he says, by the way, if they're asking you to stay and you're trying to decide if you should stay or go back to continue dating this girl, you go back and continue this girl. You're not going to get another shit up like this. And I was like, how did he just know what I was just dealing with? And I said, okay, that's it. You know, because I was battling. I was like, should I? Should I not? Should I? And I don't know. I was like out of the blue. And I said, this is my rock. That's it. Like, this is for me. This is Hashem sending him. Like, this is who I have to listen to. And, uh, and I still have all the text, everything saved on my WhatsApp, like where I was just like, you know, I look back and I'm like, wow, <laughs> you know, so that's, I forgot to mention. What would you say that the hardest challenge throughout your journey was that you had to overcome? <sighs> that's the hardest The hardest thing I had to overcome is the thing that's still the hardest. Uh, it's really letting go of your past, letting go of everything that you thought was truth, friends, 
this, that, just have fun. Like, you know, because the one thing that stays with you is your memories, you know, and, you know, you try to kind of push those out. The more you learn, the more things in your subconscious kind of rise to the surface, you know, because it just fills it and it rises to the top, like, like a well, like stuff at the bottom, you fill it with water, all that stuff, all that garbage comes up and letting go of relationships that I built all my life because you, you know, either the, you know, the Jewish best friend that I had just not tagging along uh, and your close friends who are non-Jews, you just can't, the languages, the 30 languages they speak, you just can't be a part of that. I was friends with all their wives. Like they all got married kids. Like I was like uncle Mike, you know, that was my secular name. It was like uncle Mike to all their kids, you know, and letting go of that and just dropping everything cold which was very unlike me. So that was all Seattle Deshmaya because I wouldn't have been able to do that on my own. I'm not like, I'm not like that. That can do it cold. Hashem just hardened my heart like he did to follow, but only not to destroy me, but to bring me closer to it. Like I felt like nothing can stop me or turn me away. But after the Seattle Deshmaya, as Rabbi Ron teaches, goes away because now you have to take those big steps. You know, you still, some of the people are still in your life. You know, because your family starts to like yeah. doing, you know, like, you. what about, you know, how can you do this and you do this? And, you know, you can't also be a part of your whole family anymore. And yeah. uh, those are the hard parts because, you know, eventually your heart softens. You know, you, the more you learn, you still become soft. You know, you still change and you still start understanding like where your midot lies and how you be and you start missing and now you start caring and now you start saying like, you know, you just want them to wake up and, you know, you... You hope you don't have to go so far ahead that you leave everybody behind, you know. And uh, yeah, that's the hardest part, especially if you see them all the time. Like I work with my best friend who is Jewish, who uh-huh. you know I see him day in and day out, and every time I see him, the memories are there. You know, the memories are just there. Right. Just everything we used to. And now we just go in, and I just don't say a word. Every every word is a second. I you know we used to talk about lunch. What are we gonna have for lunch for forty five minutes? Namash, like forty five. And I hear this every day at work, and I'm just like, what is going on? And I'm like, I remember Rabbi Yaron's lesson. You don't hate the person. You hate the this the you know the sin. That's it. You just you understand. You were there. You don't. I don't hate them. I just hate that they're doing it. And you know you try and give them DVDs and you give them you text them whatever over and over. And you hope and you pray and, you know, you, it's all you can do. And that's, that's really the hardest part was just letting it all go and seeing their faces that they can't believe that you just did this, you know, but eventually calls stopped coming, conversations stopped happening and, uh, you know, it makes it easy and then up and down the Yitzhak gets involved, you know, it's, uh, but the, you know, that's the, that was really the hardest part. The easy part was keeping Shabbat. Obviously, the hard part is learning as well, but that's also, you know, the challenge of it is keep learning, keep growing. Um, but uh, the hardest part of making the change was actually stripping off all those old clothes. You know, all that old baggage is just, you know, you just you can't, you can't do it. It's either Hashem, you can't be half in, half out. There's no... None of that with Akadosh Baruch Hu. Gave everything, everything to you, and that's how you respond back. 
you know, the goal is you want to mimic like him. You know, he gives, you know, he gives everything, everything, life, breath, eyes to see your kids smile, ears to hear them laugh. You know, you know, every, you know, like just how, you know, and I remember when I did Chula and I started crying and I said, my whole heart is yours. I just started saying it like I didn't even know the Shema that, that had it in there. I just, you know, I just started crying. I said, I want, that's it. My, everything, part of, every, all of me is yours. Just save me. And man, just recalling it, I just uh, bring tears like I'm about to cry. It's like the definition of someone doing chuba. It's like perfect example. I don't know, perfect example or not, but I all have everything, everything, everything. I I can't, I can't. How can, how can you even choose anything? But but what was it? What? But was there was there some type of um, like uh, something significant that happened that actually. Uh, you know, made it so important for you to to want to change. That didn't want to live that life anymore. You no, know, I wanted to pursue the truth. Yeah, as soon as I knew what Akadosh Baruch really did for us, it's like I felt ashamed, and I said, "I have to throw all that I did in the garbage and give my life to you as best as I can." As best as I can. How could I think I knew God and treat him like, I'm just going to ask him for things when I need to, when I'm in trouble. Yeah. After everything he's given me, after the proofs, you know, and because Rabbi Yaron also has the Torah and science video, which I watched, you know, and uh, I said, this isn't that, like I just knew. Hashem basically, I don't know, maybe... This is what I think happened from the time when I was in Canada and I guarded, you know, I read the Humash and I, you know, didn't weigh seed. I was kind of like trying, you know, when I read that, maybe he saved all my merit from that to get me here. And he says, because I fell off. But maybe he said, I'm going to take this, what he did here, even though it was all wrong, but he tried. He read the Humash a little bit. He started learning and he fell off, but I'm not going to reward him for it. I'm going to save it at this point in his life. Give him another chance. That's what I think. I don't know. I'll know at 120, I guess, you know, as we all will know every bit of our life. It seems, it seems logical. It seems logical. Usually when people take um, take that sacrifice and they show Hashem that uh, they're really forward, you know, with tears, at, especially the gates of tears are always open. So actually that was... The be- when, when I started crying, I think that was the the what Rabbi Yaron said that sparked me to start crying out to Hashem. Like I don't know, he said that and he just hit like whole. I ha- I got it. I just started crying. Like as soon as he said that, I think I think that's what it was. He said he had this sure where he said the gates of tears are open, and I think he was talking something about King Solomon, Solomon Melech, something in that sure. And I don't. I wish I remember which one, but I just started crying. Like, boom! As soon as he said it, that said tears just would not stop. Would not. And then he said, and then I listened to another show, and he's like, "You keep crying until you stop. You start feeling less and less bad about yourself." And that's what happened. It was going crying yeah. every day, and I, I thought I was broken. Something was broken with me, like a broken water pipe. And I reached out to him, and I said, "What is wrong with me?" And he's like, "It's normal. It's normal." You know, and uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that happen in the beginning of your chuva that almost seem 
you know, you, you don't understand it. Like, what is this feeling? Like, you feel almost euphoria, and then you feel this other thing. And I'm like, what is this? I don't understand. And then you watch a show, and you're like, it just spoke up. This is exactly what I felt. How did he know? Like, this is like, what? like how did he know? I didn't, couldn't explain it until he spoke about it. And I think it was in his Ashkafa Shur. I think episode 15 spoke a lot about where Hashem allows you, like, he will let you know that he's, like, right there, right next to you. And I was like, I had that feeling. I don't know, maybe that's a little too much for people to hear who don't really, I don't know. But I really felt like Hashem was, like, right here at times. And I was like, oh, my God, he's watching. And I start crying. Just start crying. Like, at random places in my car and, you know, at work. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm crying right now in front of a computer with a background that has mountains. And I'm like, like you know, the desktop screen. like that. And I'm like, Hashem created this beautiful thing like you know i think it was the grand can i don't know what it was but i was like look what Hashem created i just started crying and um you know those are tears that you know i you know you still cry you still have to cry but uh, you know it just that beginning of the chuga was ugh, it was like you just want to do chuga like that all the time you know every day every day you gotta do chuga but like that ah uh, you know it just brings chills it's yeah yeah man but I hope, but really, I really hope, you know, somebody gets affected with this because I'm, I'm sure I, I'm even getting affected by it. It makes me want to all over. You know? We have a lot of, we have a lot of similar, uh, similar. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Does that the Shem good? I hope one day I come to, I really do. Like one thing I started praying from the beginning of my truth was like, please bring me to my rock. Bring me to my, I want to go there. I wanna, and, you know, but that was all like, cause you don't, you, who, who are you going to talk to? All you have is your Rav, but like, you know, you, you don't know the full rules yet, but you know, he's the one who saved you. Like, I mean, he's your vessel and you just want to go to him. But like, you know, eventually you have to come down and like, okay, he said like, you're welcome here. You know, he said, come, you know, we'll, we'll open you with open arms. But like, you know, eventually it's like, okay, let me just, I just got excited. I got to really take a deep breath. And then, you know, he's here. He'll be, you know, I could talk to him. I could WhatsApp him. I could, you know, and this and that. And, uh, you know, the first time I actually spoke to him on the phone was when, um, right before we got married, you know, he wanted to like speak to me and my wife, like on a three-way call to like, you know, prepare us, you know, and this and that. And, um, yeah. And so like that, we look back. All right. So at this point, moving forward, what are some of the goals that you kind of have going on right now? Like, where do you see yourself? In five, ten years. That's uh, that's a very good question. Uh, that's uh, that question in Judaism is very different than the question out in the world that they ask you on job interviews and things they teach. Yeah, it's a very different question. Uh, you know, because there is no final goal here. You know, in my like every every you know in ten years, I hope to have another goal. That's okay. I, I maybe I worked on one midot and you know constantly trying to find a way to fix everything that I can possibly fix about myself, work on my weaknesses, work on my strengths to make them stronger. Uh, 10 years, honestly, I hope I'm in Florida with my Rav and his Beth Midrash, little, small little, you know, school, Bizarat Hashem, you know, seeing you guys and this whole team and being a part of it and learning, maybe learning to teach. And, you know, I, I don't know, like this, the potential in Judaism is unlimited. You know, in Torah, like that's it. It's just you always got want to grow. You always want to get closer to Hashem, and 
you know, how can I even say that there's a 10 year gold when my whole life goal is just to continue to go on this path, you know, from here until 120, Hashem, may we all like just run towards him, you know, every year after year, decade after decade, um, just run, run, you know, but I would definitely like to be in Florida with you guys. That's, that's being my wife's goal, you know, so. What, what what advice would you give somebody else that uh, also kind of wants to do chuba? You know, kind of um, has it has it on their radar, have some type of spark that they want to do. Uh, what would you, what would you advise them? What would you kind of like prepare them for? Help them out? Sure. Uh, so this question I was really thinking about because you know the message. You know, you want to kind of see where you were yeah. and. Uh, you know, what would you would have told yourself if you didn't know what you knew, you know, or you didn't have a rabbi. And, uh, you know, you want to, when you're, when you're doing chuva, especially in the beginning, how do you know if you're heading the right way? If there's resistance, more resistance, the more, you know, you're going the right path. Meaning, you know, you want to start keeping Shabbat. And so it's like, Whoa, you want to keep Shabbat already? No, come on. Like, you know, so that, then, you know, you're heading the right way. You go for it. You know, and there's going to be people who's going to say, what do you mean? How can you just drop and just stop keeping, you know, start keeping Shabbat? And no, go towards that resistance. Because to get to Hashem, you know, after you've been apart for 35 years, you have to come back like, you know, you expect resistance. You know, the, the you know, the, you know, people are not going to yeah. let, you know, their grips go. The Yitzhah is not going to be like, all right, all right, go. You know, I don't care. Fine. I don't need you. I got millions of more. No, they want everybody away. So the more resistance, the more, you know, you're going the right way. The less resistance, that's when you maybe have to see because, you know, there's always has to be resistance. It just has to be. This is the way life is, ups and downs, ups and downs. And when Hashem if you feel like you're in La La Land all the time, and well, yeah, the chew was great. I love it. Um, you know, I decided to keep Shabbat, and I've met people like that, like they just became religious. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know, like out of my experience, like there has to be, like, no, nah, what do you mean? Hashem loves, and I'm like, you know, I try to give them like, you know, Rabbi your own, you know, and it's like they go, you know, and I guess it's better than nothing, you know, because but you know, and hopefully maybe they'll do like. You know, because the way I've experienced people is like, I, you know, I just, you know, decided to start keeping Shabbat. It was great. And I was like, but, you know, didn't you cry? Like, with your shame for 35 years, I'm thinking in my head. But, you know, it was like easy for them, you know, to keep Shabbat. Like, I mean, it was easy for me, but it was not easy. Like, I just knew that this is the truth. But all of a sudden, people started coming to me like, you know, like, what are you doing? How can you do this? And that's the resistance that you know that you're headed the right way. And, you know, the more you learn, the more you start to realize. So if anybody's listening to this and they're thinking about it and now they're trying to keep Shabbat and people are talking them out of it, know that they're headed the right way if people are talking them out of it and they should push past that, you know. And uh, if somebody's trying to stop them, that means they're headed the right way. It's like the um, the example that they gave were when the fish is uh, swimming against the current. You know, the, the Torah pretty much like it seems like it sets sets us up where we we have examples of uh, rabbis that any any you know nothing there's nothing new under the sun, right? So you have, for example, Rabbi Akiva. He only started learning about this when he was forty. 
you know, so there's no excuse. Like he wasn't like some genius that was born, born a genius. He learned that 40, he started. So it doesn't matter if you're basically, you started doing chuva 20, 30, 40, 50, 60. He did at 40, it's a good, it's a good old age. And he became Rabbi Kiva. You have reached the key. She was a gangster. You know, it doesn't matter. Torah gives us no excuse, no excuse. basically, to be able to, yeah. you know, it's, find our way back. You're absolutely right. There, there cannot be any excuses. There cannot because they'll just, as Rabbi Yaron says, they'll pull this one at your trial. They'll pull this one at your trial. Right. Oh, you're good looking this and that. Yosef Sadiq. Let's see. Are you good looking right. this him? You know, you're absolutely right. Rabbi Kiva at 40, it's like, you know, in my head, I was thinking I'm 35, like, you know, but the one example I did use, like, you know, I was like, how am I going to leave my whole family, my friends? Because I knew that that's it. Like, I have to do this. And I took a Ramavino and he said he left his whole town where he grew up, his father, this, that. I was like, well, I have no, I mean, he did it, you know, like, so I have to do it, you know, and I did it. I, I dropped pretty much everything. Not like, not that I'm comparing myself, God forbid, to, you know, I'm like, you know, Rabbi Rosa, like, a speck of nothing <laughs> but i said he left his father and everything he grew up i can do something close to it and just drop everything you know and follow the truth and like you said there is no excuse gangsters especially quiche this they're like exactly to tell you like they did it you can do it i did forget i wanted to bring this up and i know that this is this is the resistance that I was talking about. This is not the final message. I'm sorry. I just this is one thing that I thought about. Like gives an example. When I was in yeshiva, I was also a smoker, and I, at that point when I did chuba, I was already vaping. Vaping is like candy, like smoking candy, you know. <laughs> and when I went to yeshiva, I was vaping, and you know, every like you know, I'm listening and I'm learning, and I'm every time like ten minutes, I'm like, all right, I need to go vape. So go outside, go vape, go vape. And I'm like, yo, what the heck? This this is my yetzerah. I have to get rid of it. So I'm walking around and I say, I break it on the floor and I said, that's it. I'm done. And I and I stay in the lecture. And that day, this is the resistance. I start driving. I get a flat tire. I lose my AirPods. I get lost. My car breaks down. That day, it's like the yetzerah is saying, oh, you think you're going to quit? I'm not going to make it easy for you. And every, like, just wanted to pick up a cigarette again. So I was like, I can't believe I broke. I just wanted to do it. But I hung tight just because I was sick of leaving the lectures or my learning just to go vape for a few seconds. And ever since then, I quit. I haven't smoked, picked up a cigarette, anything like that. And that's the resistance. That's when you know, like, you're headed that right way. Anybody who sees this, who hasn't even thought about Chuba, but if you see, I'd be uh, one of these USBs. Pick it up ASAP. That's it. You want to pick up any of Rabbi Yaron's materials. If you're an English speaker, you want to YouTube him. You want to, you want to, if you have any glimpse of wanting to know the truth about Shem, Judaism, and who you are, and who you were, and where we come from, do it. There, pin size hole is all you need, and Hashem will fill it. Um, and that's what I get. That's what I did, concise hole. And Hashem said, I'll take care of the rest. And that's what he will do. So you pick up a DVD and, you know, you're going to learn stuff. It's not just like, uh, you know, like, oh, it's it. you got to be, uh, you know, machmir about everything, strict about everything. No, learn, you know. It's, 
it'll change your life for the better. Even just listening to it, it'll change your life. Even if you don't become religious in a day, but it'll change your life. Rosha, Moshe, thank you very much for taking the time. Thank you. Uh, sharing your story. Thank you for... There's is going to help. Thank you for doing this, uh, Sonny. You're... You don't know what this did to me. Like I got such hizuk doing. I didn't. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, I was a little nervous, you know, this. But I guess everybody wants to tell their side of the story, you know. And you just gave them a voice, and uh, you're amazing. Saying thank you. This is. I mean, I hope uh, you know you keep this going, and I hope more people do this. And uh, you really, this was. This is amazing. I'm just. I'm just a small vessel in the organization. Oh, Hashem. And I'm just. Uh... Trying to help. That's that's what we yeah. do here. Again, thank you. You helped us out a lot. There's other shem that's going to help more people. Yuchura, and uh, you're uh, definitely a pure vessel. Very good example of uh, what a uh, you know chuva story is, and um, it's very entertaining. It's very interesting. I, can, I I didn't even want to ask any questions. It's just talking. Um, and uh, I. I uh... I, I was wondering. I was like, I was like, oh man, maybe I'm talking too much. I don't know, like, because um, you know, I, I don't know, like, once you start praising Hashem and all the good, like, you just can't stop. You just, you know. But um, you were amazing. You were very patient. You're. I hope you keep doing this or whatever. I don't know. Do a podcast show. Come on, I'll come on as guest. It's good hizuk. It's it's very good. I I I I not expect to experience what I'm experiencing now. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. You have a lot of. Uh... Pray, pray for whatever you want now, because right now you have a lot of gates open for you in the uh, Thank you. Whatever you're looking for, pray for it now. As soon as we, as soon as we, we'll do. Don't do anything else. Well, I'll go right into it. Probably. All, right. All right. Thank you very much. So be plus. A very special thank you to all our amazing guests who show real Avati Sled by taking the time out of their busy schedules and sharing their ups and downs with us. All for the sake of Am Yisrael. May Hashem continue to bless you a thousand fold. If you enjoyed this video, you can find more of these podcasts on our website at www.bizatashem.org. If you are on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the channel to hear more highly influencing lectures and stories like the one you heard here today. Thank you for watching and Bezat Hashem, may we all have the merit to return to Hashem.